Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Welcome to the Fantasy NBA Today podcast. What's happening, everybody? Welcome to this little bonus episode of Fantasy NBA. Today, it's a sell high or stay put edition. Uh, the first one of those, I think, that we're doing, because last week I mushed it all together into one episode. This week, I split them up into two. And for this one, I am thrilled to be joined by Josh Lloyd. Welcome back, Mr. At Red Rock underscore B-Ball. Sporting a delightful stash. I can't believe I didn't see that yet. That thing is amazing. Stan. I screwed you up there. I had your microphone turned off on my end, and, and no one got to hear what you said about it. Oh, I said I just said a cracking jog. I said it was a luxury stash. Oh, well done, sir. I don't have I don't have a rim shot sound effect on this thing. Oh, I like that a lot. I asked you before we went on air how long it would take you to get a stash of that thickness from scratch, mm. and you said two weeks, which feels that feels abrupt. Like that could sneak up on you. Yeah, it's um, it's I am pretty hairy. It does grow pretty quickly. <laughs> Look, I didn't grow this from scratch. I just shaved the beard off around it. But it doesn't take that long for me to get uh, her suit. That's nice. I like it. Well, uh, welcome aboard. Uh, I hope you are. And actually, I think I'm. I'm fairly certain that I saw Twitter confirmation that rides are available right now. Yeah, correct. That that we are we are selling those tickets two for ones at the moment. Yeah. Oh, and a deal no less. Oh my God, <laughs> be, be still my heart. Uh, I am Dan Bespris. This is Fantasy NBA Today. He's Josh Lloyd. I got a list of. I think I said six. Right? Yeah, six players right, yeah. that uh, are off to. Pretty damn fast starts, and I just thought, and none of these are, you know, out of the blue weirdo names, but I figured we could go through a few of them, possibly all, actually, uh, and get your thoughts, Josh, on whether these guys are sell highs or whether you think this is sustainable. Sound all right? Sounds good to me. All right, why the hell not? So let's get into the first one. The first name on the list is, and I'm actually working down the board in terms of overall rank right now. The mighty Tyrese Maxey, who's off to an impressive start this year, 11 games in. He's averaging 38 minutes a ball game. That might be the most impressive number of all. 27.5 points, 3.33s, 5 boards, almost 7 assists, almost a steal, a block, 49-95 splits, and only 1.5 turnovers per game. Josh, what do you make of this start from Maxey? Is this a sustainable beginning? And if it's not, I feel like there are sort of like there's a little bit of a gray area there. Maybe even if it's not fully sustainable, is something mm. near it sustainable? Well, 
there are obviously bits and pieces of it that that are and, and that aren't. I think the the one that stands out is the block numbers. Like it's just probably not going to be at that level. What did he have last season? Like ten? He said uh, he had eight blocks last season. He's had yeah. ten this season already. So like that's probably not going to hold at that level. But the minutes will. I think the usage is fairly consistent. He also has done the Shea Gildas Alexander, where he's gone from a good free throw shooter to elite. He's jumped ten percentage points. So does that hold? Like. 85 is great. 95 is amazing. So which one of those is is real? Like it's probably going to push back a little bit there. But, you know, the assists, the rebounds, the threes, he's an elite three-point shooter for three years. Like I'm not really going to count on that to fall back too much. The minutes, the usage, that's all fine. It's probably just a little bit on blocks, maybe a little bit on free throw percentage. Is it a sell high? Sure. Would I do it? I don't think so. Like what for? Like you're not going to get a top seven player back. You're not, that's not going to happen, right? No one's going to give you Halliburton or Shea or let's say Luca or Jokic or Embiid, it's not going to happen. No one's going to do that. So what would they be offering to like Kevin Durant? You know, no, thanks. I think I'll just stick with with Maxi in that spot. Like you're not actually going to pull this off for someone who is of commensurate value and how far down is he going to fall? Not that far would be my guess. Yeah, you kind of answered my follow-up question there, which is what would you consider taking back for Maxi right now? Is there anyone on the board you're thinking, maybe I could get that dude and it would actually still be worth it? Because it... Feels like, you know, you get kind of close to it being worth it with Kevin Durant. Is there someone near him that you think you could get back and you'd actually want? I don't think so. Like, that's that's the thing. Like, who am I getting? Like, Durant, old, obviously. Hasn't played with Booker and Beal. Who knows when that's going to happen? Um, yeah, that's been fun so and, far. And Yeah, oh yeah, awesome. And the the difference between them, is it is it sizable? Like, maybe, maybe it's not. We also have to just think that... Maybe this is sustainable. Maybe he can be a 94% shooter from the line. Maybe. Maybe he does. Because it's not like he's averaging two blocks a game, right? He's averaging less than one per game. Maybe he can do that. I, I, I don't know that. It's not like it's coming on ridiculous numbers. It's not like he had one seven-block game and then zero for four in a row. It's but Look at it here. It's one, one, two, one, three, one, zero. Now, he had one block in his first four games, so maybe that's more realistic. But, you know, in the end, even though he's elevated to first round because of this increase in blocks... You don't have Tyrese Maxey for blocks. These are such small numbers anyway. This is you know, three blocks a week, four blocks a week. doesn't matter. I Again, if I unless I get a top six player back, what for? Just roll with it. Just hold him. All right. Let's go to player number two on the list, also way up near the top. And I did a show on him this last weekend, but it feels like need, more needs to be said, and that's Scotty Barnes, who's currently ranked 10th in 9-cat, 35 and a half minutes per game. He's at 21 points, two threes, Almost 10 rebounds a game, a little under six assists, 3.3 combined defensive stats. I will say that in three damn separate words if it's the last thing I do. 47.5 from the field, 76% at the free throw line. We've already seen some slight erosion out of him. Not much. He was sort of mid-first, now back end of the first, hair-splitting 101 here. But where do you think Barnes is headed over the next, say three or four weeks. Can the defensive stats stay that high? Is that where people should be worried? Should they not be worried at all? And is there anyone out there you think you'd take back? This is an interesting one because like I think most people, I, I was not this high on Scotty Barnes. I was probably lower than nearly everybody else because again, I just wasn't impressed with what he did last season. I was with you by the, the way. So just to, if you're going to knock yourself, you can knock me too. I was not very high on him. Folks, picture this nightmare scenario. You're hosting friends for the big game. It's neck and neck in the fourth quarter, and suddenly you realize you're out of drinks. 
Ooh, say all of your friends. You start to sweat. Your friends turn on you. You're forced to go on a last-second drink run and end up missing the game-winning touchdown while in line. Oh, no. Terrifying, isn't it? Luckily, you can avoid the drama with Drizzly, the go-to app for drink delivery. With Drizzly, you can shop a huge selection of beer, wine, and spirits, then get them delivered right to your watch party. Compare prices across multiple stores in your area, find the best deals on game day drinks, and get back to armchair quarterbacking from, you guessed it, your armchair. Download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y dot com today. Must be 21 plus, not available in all locations. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the super light tree runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The eucalyptus fiber upper adds next level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the super light tree runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a super light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Yeah, I, because I, I didn't I didn't expect him to go from 0.8 blocks to 2 blocks. Like, nobody should have expected that. I also didn't think that Pascal Siakam would have become a 20% usage player, which is what has happened, although that's sort of been a little bit all over the place. Now, the thing with Barnes, and I, yeah, because I am a professional broadcaster, Dan, I, that's sort of what I alluded to earlier in terms of averaging 2 blocks per game. With Maxi, like, Barnes wasn't going to keep that up, and he has three blocks total over his last four games. So that was coming down. He also didn't even hit 20 points in three of his last four games. I th- the, the slowdown has started here. So when you look at what's happened over the last three games, 19, 8, and 5 with 2.3 steals, 0.3 blocks, 45 and 78, that's completely reasonable and you might add 5% onto that. So would anyone give you a top 12 player back? Almost definitely not. But if they did, I would 100% take that because I think we've started to see how the numbers of Barnes will be impacted when things normalize. And yeah, but in a lot of these cases, just roll with it. Like I'm not taking a top 30 guy back. I'd rather just see where this goes. But if someone wants to buy into him getting back to being a top 10 player or consistently being that guy, then I take that. Now I'm going to split some hairs. What if somebody offered you, say, like a top, 20 type someone you feel rely and when i say top 20 i think you and i both sort of know but i'll explain for the viewers someone reliably in that range not someone who's either hot or cold or on like a one week heater someone that we all feel consensus is that kind of guy is that high enough to peak you on a scotty barnes trade for a top 20 guy yeah probably i I think let me have a look at where i've sort of got his numbers projected rest of, you know, I've got him around that mark. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's because I've got him there sitting at 1.5 blocks, which I think I'm probably going to have to reduce. I'm not sure he sticks at 1.5 blocks. And that's really going to be the sticking point to me because you know, I obviously don't buy the shooting numbers that he put up early on and that has pulled way back. Um, but to me, it's just, it's going to be determined by these block numbers. So top 20, 
I don't know, in, in a general rule down with a trade, unless I know that I feel confident that I'm getting a, a pretty sizable win, I'd rather just stick with what I've got because we have seen it. We have seen him produce at a high level. We have seen it drop off a little bit, but there's no reason that it can't push back up a little bit. So unless I'm getting something where you know, in 80% of my simulated brain outcomes, <laughs> he's going to be, I'm going to win, then I'm not going to do it. So could he foreseeably be top 20? Sure. Could he foreseeably be top 10? No. So if you give me a top 12 sort of guy back, I'm okay with it. Top 20? Probably not. By the way, uh, can we start, can we acronym simulated brain outcomes to just SBOs going forward? Is that... SBO sounds very, very good. I'll see how often I can uh, remember getting that in there. But yeah. yeah. I, I, SBO sounds good to me. Yeah. We're going SBOs from this point forward. Third name on the board, Chet Holmgren, who uh, everyone will be very excited to remember was the lone young person I did have on the Dan Vespers old man squad. I have to give myself a small pat on the back because every once in a while I do venture into the youth. This was one, but this Dan, is... That's going to get you on a watch list again. Oh, yeah, man. I Listen, you, you got to fill out a bunch of forms before you move. It's why we just stay in one apartment our whole lives here. <laughs> uh, the... Should I joke about that? Oh, well. Uh, <laughs> nope. It's fine. I think everybody knows we're joking. Do I have to do this thing? Like you say, we're joking. Obviously, everybody knows we're joking. This is not a laughing matter. Um, I didn't think it was going to be this good. Uh, Holmgren is currently ranked 15th. Obviously, a lot of that is tied up in 2.2 blocks. But overall, he's really been fantastic. 16 points, almost eight rebounds. I guess seven and a half. I rounded up. A steal, 2.2 blocks, 53% from the field, 90 at the free throw line. I think he was a 55-50-90 guy before their last two ball games or something crazy like that. Mm. I've got to believe this is coming down a little bit, Josh. And But where do you draw the line with Holmgren? What kind of player would you take back? Are you like, Would you only sell him for somebody that also is a second rounder? I'm... Like, I want to give myself a bunch of credit, but I also think that this is probably one that comes back to earth a little bit. Uh, where do you stand on him? Yeah, look, there are certain things here. There's just no way, right? Like, do we buy him as a 90% free throw guy? I don't think so. I think he was 75 or 74 at Gonzaga, maybe 77. But it wasn't even 80. I know that much. And that's a big, big leap, right? Uh, is he this good? Look, you might get two or three 90% free throw shooters in the NBA in a season. So I'm not going to buy that he's one of those. Yeah. I'm not going to buy that he's a 46% three-point shooter. And we've already seen 29% over the last three games. Like it's going to fall back. But in saying that, over the last three games, he's at 1.3 blocks. He's very easily to me a 2 to 2.5 blocks player. So it sort of sits in the middle there. I don't buy him as a second-round guy. I think in the late 20s, mid-30s, sorry, late, you know, late, later third round sort of a zone is probably more fair. Um, with some expected regression in three-point shooting, which has already happened in free throw shooting, but maybe a bump there in block numbers. I don't think they're going to be pumping 35 minutes a night into him. He's playing 30 at the moment. That seems about reasonable. So look, if if I'm getting a top 20 guy back, absolutely more than happy to do that sort of a trade with him. But I think more third round, maybe even ends up as an early fourth is where we, we can look. Could you, would you consider someone maybe in the 25 to 30 range, like an early third coming back, or is that not enough of a profit to say, I'm moving off of my guy? Yeah, like what's 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 the purpose? Is that just a trade to do a trade? Like what a little bit, yeah. are you getting? Because what we know with rankings, Dan, is that the difference between 25 and 28 is, None. you know, it's one block every three weeks. Like it's not it's not a big difference. It's you know, shooting, it's hitting one extra three across a month or something like that. Like these differences are so small that, 
when we're going to split hairs and think that these players, are, I love this word that someone told me earlier in, in the off season, it's the ordinality of rankings where we look at, you know, 25 is the same difference to 26 to 27 because they're you know, ordinal numbers when that's not how it works. That's not how these ranking values work. None of it, none of it is like that. And you know, the guy who's 29th is not you know, three spots better than the guy who's 33rd. It doesn't work in any, any degree like that. So if I'm getting such small return on that, you know, I drafted check cause I like him. I, that's why I assume I drafted him or I like what he did. So why not? Why not just hold unless I'm getting tremendous value and someone wants to completely overreact then just hold on. Yeah, and then, you know, you look at it from sort of a player fit standpoint as well, which we obviously can't, we don't know your team. Did you draft Chet because you badly needed those blocks? Is, did it turn out that now those are superfluous? Then all these things add up to you can probably figure out better than we can if they small gain like that, going from someone who may be number 32 to someone who may be 29, but maybe you need more threes, more scoring, more assists, whatever it is that you're hunting for with that move. But yeah, you're right. It probably is a trade to make a trade. Uh, but I guess I could probably... Maybe I'll play devil's advocate here. What if you could do a trade to make a trade and turn Chet into the guy who's 24th and then turn that guy into the guy who's 21st and turn that guy into the guy who's 18th? This may take you four, so, four years, but maybe you like get the guy there. who turned who got a pencil and turned it into a house? Yeah, basically. I think it is that story. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I don't know how much yeah, time look, we have. Sh- sure. Look, who's, look, but who's got the time and energy to, to work that? Yeah, I'm sure you could do it, right? Just swing a guy every single week. But eventually, I reckon your league mates are going to get pretty annoyed with you trying to swing a trade with them every five, yeah. every five minutes. And so that there is a level of diminishing returns of that. People go, bro, look, we just did this trade. Like, what are we doing? We're not doing it again. Because we are dealing, of course, with humans and not like in a... Um, completely void scenario where we're just dealing with numbers. Like people are going to get annoyed if you're just constantly flipping. I, I know, that's how I am anyway. If someone's like every day sending three trade offers to you, I'm just like, no, like even just out of principle, I'm, going, nah, I'm not, not, not doing that, mate. Like, come on, what are we doing? You're doing this all day. We're not going to keep going uh, along those lines. Yeah. All right. Good point. And this is the kind of thing where if you're in more than one league, you simply don't have the time to do it anyway. Uh, next name on the board, Herb Jones, who's a very interesting case study because I, like many folks, thought that he was coming into this year as steals and almost nothing else. And so far this year, he's been a lot of steals, which is not a surprise, but some other stuff also. Both percentages have been good so far this year. He's blocking a shot and a half. I know CJ McCollum's out. That's been somewhat helpful. But overall, he's just been better than expected. Can it hold? I am skeptical. Where do you stand on Herb? I think you should be skeptical. I actually did some research on Herb earlier today for something that I was looking at. I was adjusting some of his projections. Went, oh my god, like these numbers are insane. Like, so I was like, how am I that that wrong on Herb? And I'm looking at him as, like you said, a steals specialist. Like, how was I was I that wrong? And then I went and looked at his numbers, and he's hitting um, 84% of his twos over the last four games. He is um, hasn't didn't miss a two in the last game, but he's at sixty nine percent last se- for this season. He's at fifty four last season on two pointers. He's the shot blocking is huge. Maybe that sticks. He blocked 0.6 per game. Like, do we expect him to have jumped up a full block per game? Has he changed that much in terms of shot blocking prowess? I don't know. He's a good defender, but that's not going to hold. But then everything else, like his usage is actually down from hmm. last season. He's still playing thirty one minutes. He's still like his his free throws are also like twelve percentage points higher. I don't buy any of that stuff. So while he is rolling at the moment, he's putting up amazing numbers. It's on the back of last four games, 3.3 steals, 1.8 blocks, 61% from the field and 94 from the line. I've hmm. never seen a bigger red flag for regression in my life. Like it's just, there's absolutely no way. Like it's just not going to stick. 
What do you think you could get for him right now? That's where I've been getting oh. stuck on Herb. Well, that's the other thing is I went to look to because that's why he came up because I was doing my show on terms of streaming and he's only rostered in 64% of leagues or 62% of leagues. So wow. I, I think not much because if the if there's still like a large percentage of people not even bothering to grab him, and maybe that's just all the points league guys. Maybe that's true, but he is absolutely rolling at the moment in terms of production and still hasn't even cracked 70%. Um, that makes me think that nobody's buying it and they shouldn't because you shouldn't buy these numbers. And it's not because... It's not even like, well, of course, he's getting this big boost because CJ is out. He's not. Like it's 14.7 usage over the last four games. That's nothing. He's not. Is he averaging assists? Oh, no. Two and a half. He's just into a really, really amazing zone in terms of getting defensive stats. That's all it is. And and shooting the absolute lights out, which is just, it's not going to hold. Like, there's just no way. So could I get any, if I could get any top, let's say, 80 player back, I, I would do that because there's just, I don't see how, so much of this, or maybe even top. Let's say top seventy. I just don't see how any of this stuff holds. That's kind of what I was saying earlier today about Lou Dort. Do you have the same feeling? Oh my God, he wasn't yes, on my list yes. for today, but that's like the same idea of if I can get anybody in like the seventh round or better, I'm doing it. Yeah, the Lou Dort ones. I was replying to a comment on someone today. I said, "Man, Josh always hates Lou Dort, but every year he produces." Like, no, he doesn't. No, he doesn't. He doesn't. He does not produce ever, apart from this seven game run. Like. He's not. He's like a 38%. He's like, like I like to call him Midwest Dylan Brooks. Like he's just bad <laughs> at so many different things. Like, but he's on fire to start this season. Elite shooting numbers. And for some reason, he's just cranked the steals up to 20, which again, as a good defender, he never brought them in that, in that um, uh, quantity in the past. So yeah, it's a very, very similar feeling for me on Dort and Jones. Yeah, I didn't mean to, to have Dort get hit with a stray there, but it just it hit me <laughs> of like, that's like the range that I'm looking to try to get back. If you can... Lock in something, I think folks should do it. Here's an interesting one. Bogdan Bogdanovich. He, like, and I'll I'll wear this one. He almost wasn't even on my radar coming into this year. I know his steals rate is high, but it feels like a lot of the other stuff isn't that crazy right now. His numbers on the season, 15 points, roughly three threes. Only three rebounds, only three assists. The steals and blocks are high. He's at two combined defensive stats, which, admittedly, good in only 26 minutes. 44% shooting. He hasn't missed a free throw yet, but I think he's only taken 12 of them so far this year. Is anything besides steals uh, about to fall off a cliff with Bogdan? Or is that the one area to be worried? Or I, I, I didn't, I mean, I guess I may have just not looked hard enough at him. He was a guy that I was looking at maybe like round 12 sort of an area, but I wasn't, yeah, not, not a huge target guy. I actually was just talking with uh, Dan Titus about him earlier today. You're right. The steal stuff is is very high, but it's not it's not outrageous. Like he averaged 1.1 steals in 21-22 and 1.1 steals the year before that. He's at 1.5 and 0.4 steals per game. Dan is yeah, it could happen. It's like what is it? One extra steal every two and a half games. I think that's how that we work there. As I do my SBOs on that one, I think that's <laughs> I think that people like, already forget what SBOs were. Is my great fear. Oh well, I, I kind of was it simulated brain brain output something like that. Something like that. Yeah. Anyway, he was um yeah so it's it's one steal every two and a half games like that's it's not actually that hard to to get that number and steals as I'm sure you're aware Dan are the most variable stat game by game uh, week by week and year by year so a guy that averages one point seven might average one point two they might average one point six it's all over the shop that's that that we get that that's that's fine so that's up but it's not sitting at three it's sitting at one and a half yeah who cares like that that's actually okay you're right the free throws he's not he hasn't missed one but that that will come down yep, all good. Everything else from him looks like relatively sustainable, except, and this is a, a, a key to a lot of people. We look at 
you look on your app, you look on your Yahoo, hopefully you don't look on ESPN, you look on fan mm-hmm. whatever, and you see the player stats and it gets presented to you. But they don't show you what the two-point percentage is. And that is usually like over 50% of what the field goal equation is. And Bogdan is shooting 63% on twos. And he shot 51 last year, 51 mm. the year before that, 52 the year before that. So that is a 16 to 17 percentage point drop that is coming. And even if he improves to 56 or 57, it's a double-digit percentage drop that is coming at some point. And that impacts so much of what he does. Now, could he improve his three-point shooting from 35? Yeah, maybe he gets 38, 39. But that is such a gigantic drop-off on that twos that is probably going to stick. Like 63% from two is like Mark Williams range. Well, it's actually not Williams is high, but it's yeah. like Mitchell Robinson or Mark <laughs> yeah. Williams or someone. Mark- that is such a high, high level. I was going to say Mark, Will- Mark Williams is like a thousand right now. So, <laughs> yeah, but that's like that's 60 plus is yeah, very Steph good. Curry, or it's like a center. Like that's basically what it is. And that is holding that. Okay, Cause you look at his field goals. He's hitting 44% of his field goals. Like that's not a high number. Yeah. Because he's, he's being, it's really being buoyed up by the fact that he's taking a lot of threes, ton of them. And they're, they're coming through at the normal level, but, that two-point percentage drops, he becomes like a 41% shooter. doesn't impact his overall effectiveness because we know that field goal percentage is not a great indicator of a player's efficiency because of the way threes are included. But in fantasy, that doesn't matter. But that number is actually being held steady by a two-point rate that won't hold. How far do you think that would push him down the board? And maybe the more important question is, would you consider trying to squeeze like that same top 80 range guy that we just talked about with Herb out of him or just see how this goes for Bogdan? Because it does seem like they like him. Oh, look, they do. He's really useful. He's very key to what they do, but he's got that knee problem. They don't pump big minutes into him um, consistently. Yeah, would I take a top 70 guy? Yeah. Would anyone offer it? Almost definitely Probably not. Like, not. I, don't, I don't think anyone's going to do that, but I, I would take that, yes. Would you take top 85? Um, no, I don't think so. Um, okay. Because like, like I said, like the two-pointers might come down, but the threes could come up. He could be a 40% three-point shooter instead of 35. And that balances it a little bit. And with his increased volume there, that, that's solid. So, you know, if he could be around 100 and uh, what's the point of getting an 85 player there? If I get top 70, it's a big win. Yeah. All right. Well, well said. Let's do one last name. And that is RJ Barrett, who I, yeah. I never never thought it would come to this, but someone on Twitter yeah. did yell at me. Guys can change. Look it up. Guys can change. He can magically become a vastly superior shooter to anything he was in the past, like he hasn't been in the NBA for, like, kind of a long time already. Uh, okay, I'm going to frame this question differently because just asking, is he a sell high, isn't, isn't even doing users a, a service at this point. The question is, how high of a sell high is RJ mm. Barrett? Is, like, do you just ride this and see if he stays hot for another two weeks and then drop him when it happens? Or do you try to squeeze out like even a top 100 would be worth it? How bad does this get? Because we've all watched RJ for a while and it can, for category leagues, it can get real bad. Yeah, so this is, you're right. Like I be, I've been yelled at about this before. I put a little clip out saying, look, it's going to fall back. And so, someone goes, no, nah, man, he's definitely improved. You're lying. You're just being a hater. Guys can improve. They said the same shit. I go, that's all well and good, right? Guys can improve. Totally. Everyone improve yourself. It's, it's a great part of that's life. That's right. Self, self-improvement, self betterment. That's a big, yeah. that's, that's great. Good advice. Literally nobody is a 50% three-point shooter. Like, nobody. Nobody, nobody is, in, including this man who was 31 last season. Nobody shoots 50%. So you want to talk a decrease. Has he improved? Sure. Maybe he's a 37% shooter. 13 percentage points. That falls away. Has this man jumped up 10 percentage points on his free throws? I guess it's possible, but it's also improbable. 
So both those things drop off. And he's still he's actually worse in rebounds than he was last season. He's <laughs> doing the same with his assists. And his steals and blocks are at 0.7 and 0.3. It is the same RJ, except that he's hitting shots at a level which has zero chance of sticking. So everything else is literally the same. And he's only playing 31 minutes a night. It's not like he's getting 36, 37 minutes. It's not like he's pumping in gigantic usage. It's the same as it's been in the past. There's just no way that any of this sticks. He is ranked really highly at the moment. If I got any top 100 player, I would happily do it, understanding that this might continue for a week or two. If it continues for a full season, Dan, I don't know what I'll do. I'll do something pretty outrageous, but there is absolutely no way that it finishes this way for the entire season. Understand that I will take hits on this when he shoots 50% from three for the next two weeks, which could happen. Could happen. But then he'll shoot ten percent for two months. Like it's it just there's no way he is not a fifty percent three point shooter because literally nobody is. You and nobody. I, yeah, you and I need to figure out what absurd things we're doing if RJ Barrett shoots fifty percent from three for you. I might just light this board on fire behind me and <laughs> do it. Do a show engulfed in flames. That's my that's my promise. As I I mean fifty percent from three. RJ Barrett is now Luke Kennard, ladies and gentlemen. It's uh, even Luke Kennard doesn't hit that. No, even Luke Kennard, and that man has laser sight. Uh, mm-hmm. Josh, I think I promised I would get you out in 20 and it's more like 25. So it's time for me to let the great Josh Lloyd go. Let me close this window out so that not everybody is just staring at a weird board in between us. Look at that. Okay. Technology at its finest or not so much. Uh, Josh is of course at Red Rock underscore B-Ball locked on fantasy podcast, locked on on fantasy basketball on YouTube, basketball monster, you're busy man and premier mustache grower uh what what else you got going on did i miss anything uh, nah that sounds about sounds about right to me i think that's yeah the mustache obviously the most important part of that yes obviously and that's why i saved it for last that's that's a big mm. one um josh thank you my man i really appreciate it no worries dan and that was the great josh lloyd i hope you guys enjoyed it i wanted to keep these shows sort of like in a nice little capsule thank you for the comments as we're rolling along here we're not doing question and answer on today's show uh, back tomorrow. Tomorrow's Friday, I think. Yeah, Friday. We'll have our weekend review podcast. Uh, follow Josh on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball. I am at Dan Vespers. Please like, rate, subscribe, all that stuff on your way out of town. See you guys again tomorrow. So long, everybody. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbird styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. These must have travel shoes have a lighter than air feel and barely their fit that made them the most packable shoes ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Try the Super Light Tree Runner with a cushy foam midsole and breathable eucalyptus fiber upper. Plus, they're comfy right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A L L B I R D S.com. Code SUPER24.